0: Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your
1: host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have the one, the only, the oh so famous, Mr. David Lemon in the house. What's
0: up, David? How you doing, Jason? I appreciate the intro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have some fun, whatever. <laughs> I always feel like I always feel like because I got a mic in front of me, uh, like I, w- I want to be like the like the WWF, but I try to hold back on it, right? And I got like, a lot to live up
0: for now. I, know. I mean, that-
1: <laughs> like, I just want to be like yeah, that was that McMahon? And I just want to grab the mic and I'm like, no, coming to the stage, <laughs> David Lemmon. <sighs>
0: I'm actually a wrestling fan, so you're hitting (laughs) home with me right
1: now. Hey, David, thank you so much, man, for taking the time to of me today. This is going to be a lot of fun. And for everybody out there watching and listening, we got some really, really cool topics that we're going to jam about. All right. Before we get into the weeds of it, though, I always like to kick off these podcasts with a little origin story. Because I'm actually personally always fascinated of how people got started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. So David, how did you get started in this island of misfit toys we call the automotive world? And, and it is a
0: wild ride. I mean, I, I am not all that young um, and I got into this late. So I have been in the business uh, of automotive digital for about nine years. Uh, I had always been in marketing and sales and uh, you know, had a modeling and talent agency for 15 years, like all sorts of stuff in the past. Um, ended up, just kind of hooked up with a, a company here in, in town in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from, called Auto Suite, and uh, and took a role there. Immediately loved it. Started talking to dealers, loved it. Started, you know, talking digital marketing, loved it. All, you know, everything clicked, and I kind of knew that this was going to be the path. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, between going to trade shows and meeting all the other vendors that, I, that, that have become really legitimately good friends over the years and uh and dealers that you know I've continued to work with and continue to work with it just it really you know put me on that path that this was what I loved doing um when I left there I I worked as a consultant um I started a small consulting firm that only dealt with independent dealers oh, that's cool criminally underserved <laughs> yes really. very much so, so. So I decided to take it on myself to try to fix that. It might've been a lot to take on by myself. (laughs) I still do it. I still have a few that I work with. Um, But about the beginning of this year, reconnected with uh, my guys over at Dealer OMG, who I've known now for six or seven years. They're one of those vendors that I had always been friends with. And we're so aligned in how we think, um, You know, Andrew and, and Keith, the founders over there, that I'm like, you know what, let's do it. We've talked about working together forever let's do it. And so here I am a year later working with uh, working with these guys, doing a lot of Facebook and, and kind of helping build out
1: that company. Well, you know what that the industry is so known for that, right? Do do we suck (laughs) people in? Like I call the vortex that is the automotive industry. Once you get a little taste for it, um, you're just in and good luck trying to get back out, by the way, uh, because you'll get into your blood. (laughs) <laughs> and, and you just just you can't you can't you can't get it out i actually thought like when i sold my dealership i actually thought i was done with the automotive industry and i wasn't going to go back and do anything and it took me three weeks that's how that's that's it. it took three weeks uh before uh dds the agency was created and we were i was right back in like i just i, I couldn't get out but you know what i i think the two of us kind of connected socially, you know, online be just because of our passion and love for digital marketing and everything, digital marketing strategies. So, you know, kind of our first topic today, which is one that I, I know you got like some thoughts and opinions on, and I, (laughs) I know it's definitely one that I've spoken about many, many times. It's just, Micro audiences and personalized messages. I think in our industry too often, even today, we're getting better, but even today, all right, we take this very shotgun approach of this just spray and pray method. You know, we, 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 we took that, that strategy when we were doing print, and I feel like uh, there's a lot of agencies that have taken that and just kind of evolved that into the digital version of that. I know you got some cool ideas about how we can de- develop out micro audiences and create personalized messages, so I'd love to kind of get your thoughts
0: Absolutely. So, you know, there there's a phrase that um, that I've or a term that I've heard so many times over the last nine years that uh, and, it, and it happens to be my least favorite term in all of automotive marketing and it's in market shoppers and mm-hmm. everything it feels like is built around this one giant audience of in-market shoppers and however they're identified, be it, you know, the third party and tender data, be it, you know, whatever it might be, but you know 90% of what I see in, in automotive advertising is, is trying to hit this one big broad kind of undefined audience. And the reality is, is that you're missing what digital marketing can do, which is you can target, <laughs> beyond anything we've ever been able to do, you can segment beyond anything we've ever been able to do, and as a result, you can create these these really focused small audiences and talk to them about what matters to them. Yes, and we just it. Part of the problem is it's hard. <laughs> it's it's hard to do, and it's, well, it takes time. Vendors, let's not, let's not say it's hard.
1: Let's actually let's say this. Let's not say it's hard. Let's just say it takes time. All right, and and so 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 that's that's where I think the hiccup is, right? Is because we want everything now. It's like where's that proverbial easy button? Let me just okay. (laughs) Actually turned off. Um, Look at that! I hit the button and turned off. Um, (laughs) But let's hit that proverbial button. Let's just make it easy. And I think what you're identifying is that hey, you take the time. There's this is going to bring some big impact. I'll let you continue.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's for me, you know, the ability to, here's a, here's a great example and it's something and Cause you know, I'm predominantly in the Facebook um, side of things mm-hmm. and I've seen it frankly with our own clients, we've done it. And I've certainly seen it with, with, with other providers in Facebook and with dealers doing it themselves. Even um, the number of times I've seen somebody grab a customer list from a dealership create a lookalike audience, which is this big giant Facebook defined audience and message to them and then take the customer list and just send it over here and not do anything with it. It's insane. And meanwhile, you could grab that customer list and segment it into 10 different segments of where people are in their journey and provide really personalized messages that are gonna hit them where they live and have it. You know, here's the thing and I always tell this story when I'm talking to dealers about personalized messaging. I can't count the number of times that I've been on Facebook and I've seen an ad with a t-shirt that has my horoscope sign or my last name or my date of birth or my birth month or something like that on the t-shirt in this ad in my Facebook feed. I don't buy the shirts, but I I guarantee I stop and look at that ad because it's now about me. Right? And the ability to, you know, even something as simple as every dealership on earth is running an ad right now to try to buy cars from the public. Yes. But what they can be doing and what they're not doing is only market to this brand owner and talk about what's in their driveway in that ad, as opposed to just, hey, $1,000 over KBB for every car out there. Same message to everybody. Segment it grab the toyota owners near dma and put a message in front of them saying we
1: need toyotas right now well, well, you, what you're do, you're doing is, is you're marketing to the customer not at the customer and i Correct. think that that's a big difference anybody's listening and watching there's a big big difference between marketing to a customer and then marketing at a customer and when we market to a customer all right we first identify the audience all right and then work backwards to the message Uh, that's going to be relevant to that audience. It's, we don't go in and have a defined message already, right? $327 biweekly. And just, you know, (laughs) pump it out to as many people as we humanly can, right? What would be a good example of, you know, like the Toyota one's another, it's a great one. Give me another great example of just kind of defining the audience and then working backwards towards the message.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, a big one is, and, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit off air is the retargeting audience. Um, You know, especially on Facebook, the tendency is to have Facebook retargeting period. That's it. We have a retargeting audience, everybody that visited the website and here's the (laughs) ad we're going to show them. And it has nothing to do with what they actually did on your website. It has nothing to do with the actual behaviors, what pages they visited, what actions they took. And those are really different people. Somebody that went on your website and clicked schedule service doesn't need to see a carousel of used cars no. in their Facebook feed. So, you know, it's not going to be a giant audience. It might be 800 or 1,000 people that started a schedule service and didn't complete it but put a message in front of them with your service offers. So spend more, save more, or um, you know, talking about the experience, You know, mm-hmm. your concierge service that's specifically about your service for your people that left the digital retailing form. Um, why do people leave, leave digital retailing forms? A lot of times it's because they got confused. They, they didn't know how to complete the process. Put a message in front of them saying, our, our team is standing by, hit chat now, let us help you finish. Um, you know, the people that are trying to sell their car to you, the trade tool abandonments, you know, again, talk about the experience, talk about, you know, that you're that you need their inventory and that, you know, it's start your appraisal from home, those sort of (laughs) messages. So, everybody that visits your website isn't one giant retargeting bucket, you're talking about maybe six, eight, 10 audiences that each deserves a personalized message. They're engaged with you already. There's nobody you should be spending more time trying to communicate with than those people that have already spent the time to go to your website and start transacting business with you.
1: 100%. But you know what this requires, David, is strategy. Oh, yeah. You actually have to take some time. Right. Um, and, and you need a partner up with somebody that actually does understand this as well. Right. I, I've i said this in a few different podcasts and, and before, but if your agency that you're working with, or even the person that you hired within your company to execute on your marketing efforts comes to you and ask you what they should market this month, fire them. All right. Because they're asking the completely wrong question, Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think as agencies or even, you know, uh, uh marketing staff members that are in in the dealership, right? We need to be asking what the dealership's ultimate goals and objectives are. And then once we understand what those goals and objectives are, we need to define the audience that's going to help us meet those goals and objectives. And once we define the audience, then we can actually start crafting out a message, then and only then, then and only then, can we actually craft out a message that's relevant to that audience, right? But for some reason, it seemed to kind of like, let's just bypass that whole process and just put an ad out there. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it is. It's like it's like I think that's the difference between maybe advertising and marketing. I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up. I have no idea, right? No, I but, think you know, you're 100 right. Like I feel I like 100% advertising 100%. is just doing. It's just just let's just throw let's throw a bunch of crap at the wall and let's see what sticks. You know, yeah. and then marketing is really understanding your audience and then getting very specific about your audience. So, do you agree? Yeah,
0: I, I do. I agree, and it's and you know we in in this industry we've kind of created you know, our own metrics to measure success, which oh, yeah. validate whatever we wanna throw out there, right? Like, you know, if, if we know that the dealership wants leads, I can generate leads all day long. Of course. Are they gonna be great leads? Maybe not, and maybe that's not really what they need, and maybe I need to have that hard conversation of, you know, I, I did a, I did a, uh, a speaking engagement with, uh, with Brody December, who's mm-hmm. um, some amazing guy from Lithia, just crazy smart. And he really laid it out and and he said, look, dealers live and die every 30 days, marketing doesn't. And it's hard to have that conversation with dealers and have them understand it, but it's our duty to do it as good partners and as good, and and that is helping them understand that marketing and advertising, you know, you can't call me on the 15th of the month and say, I need to sell more cars by, by the end of the month. And have me, actually, you can do that, but my answer should be no. Right? My answer should be, that's not what I do. And it's on us to, to really start doing that, to start, you know, talking about advertising and marketing, the way it really works and providing realistic expectations and then meeting them. And part of that is exactly what you said. It's it's defining a real strategy and presenting it to them, not just saying, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'm going to do that. Because that's we're supposed to be the experts. We're, 100%.
1: And I like that we're on this on this conversation of, of marketing or strategy, and we're, we're going down this path. Because you did mention something that I wanted to kind of go back to is huh. remarketing. All right the way that we've approached remarketing is a little, is a little ridiculous, right? Let's just insanely high frequency of the exact same message pounded over their heads as many times as possible. And I think a lot, a lot of our industry doesn't realize that the way that we can uh, segment out our audiences in not only customer acquisition, like we just talked about, we did, we just talked about that, right? Like here are three different audiences. You got to create multiple messages that are relevant to each of those audiences. Well in remarketing like you said earlier that's it, 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 we're just sticking everybody into one bucket right yeah. and I think there's there's more options there you know I mean look you, you see e-commerce you know websites do this all the, Amazon's amazing at that. look everybody any e-commerce platform out there is amazing at this and I found that dealerships are just now getting this level of data they've never had before mm-hmm. right with digital retailing digital retailing is bringing them a level of data that they didn't have before you know it's not that you know before we just know you you shopped our inventory okay cool thanks you know, maybe you went to the bill and price page. We never really got a level of analytics as far as how long, how long that path, how far down that rabbit hole you actually went. Yeah. Look at real e-commerce style funnels. Um, We just don't have that in automotive, but I think there's an opportunity there, but I'd love to kind of go a little deeper into that, that with you of, you know, let's, how can we use this digital retailing data to support better remarketing buckets?
0: Well, let's start with we need to ask more of our digital retailing providers out there sure. because one of the biggest challenges right now is they're iframed in so many cases. So all of that that activity that's happening in that digital retailing form, which is incredibly valuable to us to know where did it stop? Um, you know, how far did they get? What what you know what buttons did they push, what forms did they fill. We don't know any of it. Cause it's all taking place in an iframe on a site outside of their own site. And you know, they have dealers have to demand better of the providers of digital retail to make sure that those are stopped, that that stops. It's losing a huge marketing opportunity for them.
1: I, I definitely think that's one place for us to start. Right. Is I, I'm going to piss off some of my vendor friends right now. Um, and I apologize, but not really. Um, Digital retailing right now, unfortunately, I think is just migrated to just another fancy widget on my website. And I saw the death of what I think digital retailing could have been when I start seeing all of these digital retailing agencies start to uh, report very heavily on lead generation. Because to me, uh, digital retailing has nothing to do with lead generation. Nothing at all. I don't think you generated leads off of, no, no. Digital retailing is a process to get them faster and to get them faster to wanting to come into the dealership and also to support the transition from digital digital dealership to physical dealership, right? It's, it should be that beautiful handoff, and that's what that technology should be there for. Um, but I got really concerned when they started reporting just on leads. So, yeah, you know, it's I, become that's what it is. And it, it's a widget. It's just it's just a widget there. But I think. There are some out there that are un, that, that will provide level of analytics and we can start providing e-commerce style, like real like real marketing. Like we know that they here are the seven steps to the digital retailing platform, whatever it was, they got to step three or step six. All right, what is the remarketing efforts there? Let's not put everything into one bucket. I guess that's what we're trying to say. If anybody's watching or listening, that's what we're saying. Like it's like look, remarketing has been a huge success of the automotive digital marketing strategy, but it's time to step it up.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And I mean, you know, think about the the difference in, I mean, so look, we've spent three years now telling four years, telling dealers that you're e-com now <laughs> that exactly. you have to have digital retailing. You have to sell cars online. You have to be an e-commerce company, yeah. but have done very little to change how we market. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, we haven't made any real adaptations in, in a lot of how we market and it's time to do that. Um, you know, the, the marketing in that e-com style, you know, think about every time throughout, especially we're all Christmas shopping right now and holiday shopping and doing all those things. My Facebook feed is filled with, you know, transactional behavior that I've taken in doing that kind of shopping, be it abandoned carts, be it something that I looked at that that I didn't buy and, and reminding me of it. You know, it's not just, you know, here's a carousel of our products. Cause we know you visited our website. It's really based on what I did on their website. And we have to have that ability to be able to do that in automotive and make it meaningful. And frankly, it goes all the way up to, to even the top of the funnel. Um, you know, that's it, these days as I craft top of funnel marketing, there's a lot of retargeting in there as well, but in a little bit different sense. And you know, the ability we have to know that somebody watched 75% of a video that we showed them yep. and then show them something else that's going to, you know, further engage them and move them and then continue to, to do that. That's all behavioral retargeting too. And it, it's it's another one that doesn't, it doesn't happen enough. doesn't happen nearly enough.
1: No, it doesn't. That banging's getting pretty loud. You think... Uh... It is. Give me one second. Sure, go ahead. I will...
0: All right, I have put them on a
1: pause. That's that's cool. All right, I'll kick us back in. Um, no, look, David, I think you bring some great points there, and and you're 100% right. Look, if we're not going to take it seriously and we're just going to keep hitting the easy button on our remarketing efforts, we're never going to get to that place where every other successful company out there has done so or every other successful vertical has done so, right? Now, you mentioned another thing earlier. Uh, you used the word leads. <laughs> we've actually i think we both used it right multiple times um but i think when i'm thinking of leads the way we use that word and you know maybe because it's associated with digital retailing i don't know my my butt, my blood started to boil a little bit and i'm just like no no i think maybe i'm dating myself but i've been in the industry long enough to remember that my website provider didn't always call them leads all right, That early on, they actually called them inquiries or form fills. That was it. That's all they were. Right. And we've talked a little bit about this before we jumped on camera, but I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on this. Look, leads aren't bottom funnel. And you said that kind of before we got on camera, but I'd love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by that.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, it's the, the most requested metric that we have with so many dealers is, you know, how many leads did I get? How many leads did I get? How many leads did I get? And then we do things to ramp them up. And then we hear, well, none of them were good. None of them were, none of them were responsive. So I looked at the definition of what they consider to be a good responsive lead. And I think it's a, I think it's a fair one. Um, It just doesn't, it's not a realistic one. Lead comes in, we hand it to our BDC. Our BDC has seven days, let's say, to get that person onto the floor, into a car, and that's just not realistic. Leads, those form fills happen earlier in the consideration stage many, many times. There's somebody that is thinking about buying a car. They are nowhere near five to seven days away from coming into a dealership to to make that purchase. And... It's it's the 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 biggest shame is and I don't don't get me wrong I love form fills mm-hmm. it's a, a huge sign of engagement with your store it's it's somebody that is raising their hand it's it's a great hand raiser but it doesn't mean that you stop marketing to them no. it doesn't you know like it's it doesn't mean that they're 5 days 7 days away from purchase maybe they're 30 days maybe they're 60 days away from purchase something we've had a lot of success with. And I, and I cannot recommend this enough. And it's, it's not hard. It's, it's not challenging. So I challenge everybody to do it. Put your leads back into a marketing cadence. Mm. Don't be done with them. Put them back into a Facebook audience, put them back into, um, you know, an email cadence. And by the way, don't make those messages. Hey, why aren't you in our store yet? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, are you still looking to buy a car? Don't make them about that. Make them about, um, you know, warming them up to choosing you. Yeah. So we know that they're in that 30 to 60 day window of maybe buying a car as opposed to three to five. So let's talk to them about why they should choose you. Let's talk about the experience of buying from the store. Let's talk about, um, you know, the value proposition that you have as a dealer not the price not the we have inventory well right now we have inventory is a pretty good value prop but (laughs) normally we have all the cars is not all that special exactly normally we can get you financed is not all that special um and normally we have the best deals in town is not that special so tell them reasons to choose you as a store and continue a marketing cadence with those leads and expect that when you get a lead in it's a 60-day window, not a six-day window.
1: Exactly. To try to convert that into a set. That, that is so important because <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had to be in a dealership and they're just, they're they're complaining about their engagement. The leads are crap. The leads are crap. The leads are crap. And I'm like, I don't know about you, David, but I don't think there's any lead. In fact, I hate calling leads. But anyways, uh, there's no such thing as crappy leads. They're just crappy processes. And and that's it's what not- I typically find out, right, is that their expectation Behind that customer is not aligned. And the reason for that is because, you know, they got all these leads, but a small percentage of them were bottom funnel, which then for some reason sets the expectation, well, they should all be bottom funnel. I mean, come on. I mean, 6% of them wanted to schedule a test drive right there on the spot. Why can't the rather 94% be like that? What was wrong of, with the rest? Right? But but isn't that funny? Isn't that funny that we focus on yeah. the super small percentage that really is bottom funnel. And therefore, we, we automatically create this expectation that all these should be bottom funnel, that we don't have to actually, you know, nurture them and develop them and give them real reasons why they actually should do business. Let's talk about real reasons, because I love the fact that you brought this up, right? Value proposition. Let's talk about value for a second. Look, value is perception. All right, it is all what someone perceives to be valuable. What uh, us as a dealer perceives to be valuable is not necessarily what a customer is going to perceive as being valuable. And I'll tell you, my biggest pet peeve and the one I see the most is we're family-owned and been in business for 25 years. <laughs> for every, yeah. For anybody out there watching and listening right now, if that message exists in your marketing efforts, no one gives a shit
0: at all. <laughs> at, at all. all. You've never motivated one person to come to your store with that message. No, no, no. Maybe maybe it one.
1: did motivate my grandfather. You know, in 1967, for sure, right, with, with with that message, and maybe that was something that was important to him. You know, when there uh, today, were four dealerships in town, exactly. Right, yeah. there were four dealerships in town, but 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 no, that but that's a good point. So let's I want to elaborate a little bit more on this before we get into our next topic because I think there's something here there that we, we can discuss a little bit more of. Is you know what 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 are those value prop? What are those value based marketing messages that a lead, all right, over that first sixty days of shopping, all right, actually give a crap about? You have some suggestions? For me, it's experience. Right. Um, you know, it, it's a hundred percent.
0: Uh, talking about what makes the shopping experience at your store unique. And that is something that, first of all, if you don't have any uniqueness to the shopping experience at your store, well, let's (laughs) fix that right now. Um, But, you know, it, it might be the efficiency, the speed with which, you know, maybe you're a one price store. Maybe you're a one point of contact store. Um, maybe you have a really robust online experience where they can do 90% of the deal online. Maybe, um, you know, I, I'll tell you an ad that we ran recently that mm-hmm. I just loved is we created a video of 10 customer reviews that know. just popped up in a video form talking. Cause quite frankly, as much as I can tell you what a great experience it is to, to come to my store if I'm a dealer it's a heck of a lot more powerful to have customers tell you. So, you know, customer testimonials, huge in that space, um, in, in print or in videos, if you have videos of some deliveries with incredibly happy customers, show that to somebody that's in a 30 day window or a 60 day window of consideration. Um, so for me, and and that is really, the dealership experience continues to be a, a fairly unpleasant one in too many cases between, you know, a five-hour store visit with three TOs. And,
1: um, and that's, by the way, for somebody with
0: good credit and cash in their pocket in an equity trade. Oh, <laughs> you know?
1: oh, no, 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 100%. I mean, look, look, I find the consumer cares about four things, all right? And look, we're all consumers, so we all care about this. It's, it's This is no surprise. I'm not, you know, creating very magic dust or anything like that, right? Right? They, we, 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 we value experience we value time we value money all right and then and, and lastly we value convenience yeah right and and look if you're not going to focus on your experience then i better be getting one hell of a good deal from you 100%. right because like i've been in that position before i've been in that position mm-hmm. where I was like okay like this was a shitty experience but guys this was like f- half the price of what that other thing was <laughs> yeah. so you know am i really you know what I mean like am i really yeah. going to complain like where's my value prop here right and i just think as an industry you know or especially as it is well, as an industry but also very much so on the rooftop level is that we don't do a great job of identifying what four of those things all right is going to be our value prop because there's no there's nothing wrong with that Someone the other day with Jason, someone keeps telling me about this thing called an experience. I said, yeah. He goes, well, you know what? I don't really give a shit what the experience <laughs> is, all right? I'm here to move metal, and I'm here to fix and service metal, and that's all I care about. I said, okay, that's fine, all right? But your customers do care about an experience, so if you're not going to provide them an experience, all right, what other value are you going to provide yeah. them that's going to be an exchange, all right? Um, is it time? Can 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 you can you honestly look me in the face and tell me that you can have me in and out in thirty five minutes? No, we can't do that. We can't. Do that. <laughs> All right, fair enough, man. That's cool. How about how about how about money? Can you honestly look me in the face and tell me that there's no way in hell I'm ever going to get a better deal than at this location? All right, and you'll put that in bloody writing. Uh, yes, that I can do. And I'm like, okay, well, and I did see it in their marketing deals. Like their 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 marketing was like nobody beats a deal at okay okay so that but that's their value proposition right yeah but, but to your point though this is what someone needs to chew on and they're not they don't give a crap that your family own they don't give a crap that you've been operating for 25 years you know right. and you know what if you are showing testimonials i love the idea behind showing testimonials because what it is is it shows what the experience is but you got to focus on one of those sure. four things decide which sure. four you're going to be and own it you know the first dealership i ever worked in was a horrible dealership from the outside right Uh, but then uh, I guess maybe because age, I'm now older, I'm more experienced and stuff like that. I'm like, was it really that bad? All Right. What was bad about it? Well, it had a bad culture, but it had a culture, had a culture around making money. That was it. We're going to make money no matter what. Right. But now I think back on it and go, you know what? Everybody was on board with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I find right now, like some people will have, a, they'll have no culture because consistently nobody's on board. Right. So yeah. it, good or bad, you have to, you got to define a direction. You got to move forward to it. Now I'm going to get off of my, my, my soapbox because I do this sometimes. So I, apologize in advance. I have that little indicator at the top saying right now. I'm talking too much. Um, For everybody out there watching and listening, I had this little thing that shows up on my desktop that tells me when I talk too much, and it's flashing at me right now. So I do want to move into our next topic. (laughs) You know, since we are on the topic of leads, I do want to bring up another heated topic around attribution. And I will totally get off my soapbox, and I will let you get on your soapbox now. All right? Man, attribution is a mess. It totally is. But I want to get your thoughts on why you think it's a mess. (laughs)
0: Well, so, I mean, and, and, you know, I, some of my very good friends, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and some of my very good friends um, in this industry work for a company right down the street that is really focused on attribution and does a really nice job of, of putting a lot of the pieces together. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, dealerships have one metric that they care about when that, when we talk to them as advertisers and it's how many cars did I sell? Exactly. And I don't sell cars. (laughs) So, you know, at at best, I'm going to help create opportunities for them to sell cars. And it's never, you know, nobody is ever going to see an ad from me and just buy a car. That's not a thing. So, trying to, and, and in the current shopper's journey, we know that there's so many touches. And by the way, that's just talking about digital. You go outside of digital. You know the the sign out in front of the store, the um, the fact that you know their their parent bought a car from that store ten years before. I mean, those are all pieces of attribution, but we don't ever really want to talk about those. So, it, trying to pin down this direct line of, I ran this ad and I now own some of the responsibility or the, the 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 claim to the sale that you just made at the store level is just not a fair way for dealers or vendors to try to measure success of advertising and marketing um you know i I follow uh, a guy named Bob Lanham who's the the head of automotive Absolutely. for Facebook and um, I follow him on a, in, in a Facebook collective group and one of the things that he's been talking about a lot that i really like and, and nobody's talking about it in automotive as much as bob right now and i don't hear dealers talking about it at all is the the kind of media mix measurement methodology which is a lot simpler and it's is there a lift you know it, it, once i started working with this partner once i started adding this channel and this you know the, this spend toward advertising Did I, at some point, see a measurable lift? I don't care whether I can tie it directly back through link clicks and pixels and all of that. If the lift is there, then the lift is there. And if there's no lift at all, taking apart all the other market factors, by the way, that can play into it and completely cloud everything again, you know, if the lift is there, if I feel like the the, the the advertiser that I'm working with is providing good messaging to good people, and and that's really what it comes down to, is the advertiser that I'm working with putting the right message in front of the right people at the right time with the right consistency. Beyond that, that's all I can really ask of them. <laughs> well, no, how I'm how with you, you on that. To I think, look,
1: like, when, when I think of attribution, right? I think attribution just come with a warning label. You know, may cause headaches and diarrhea. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) 100%. But but I do see, look, I think there's value in attribution. All right. But it should come with a warning label that it is not the end all be all. All right. And then we do, we do, we have to understand what does actually attribute to it. And we were talking a little bit off camera, you know, before I started recording today, you know, um, my neighbor just parked a brand new, you know, Gladiator jeep gladiator in front of his house and you know i was i was going to place my order for a new f-150 and and this thing's standing out there and i'm kind of looking at it and i'm watching him take the top off and i was like not his top off the gladiator's top <laughs> off. i want to make sure for the people audio know what i'm talking about um <laughs> but but that's now attributed to me now Doing a little research online. Not saying I'm going to go get one. So if you're a Chrysler dealership and you're listening, watching this, don't DM me. It's all good. I'm good. It's okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Every time I say stuff like that, I get like stupid amount of DMs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You're you're going to get some approaches. I know a guy. I know a guy. (laughs) Um, But no, like understand that everything can attribute to someone making a decision. I think a good marketer uh, should take as much, should allocate a certain amount of time, but not a ridiculous amount of time. Of just understanding what did contribute or attribute, sorry, attribute to to that person coming in the dealership, and I found a lot of that just actually from a conversation. Yep, you know, and, and what you're what you're going to get from them is the top three things, not the fifty-two other things that happened prior to those top three things, right? But you know, I I I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation. I know I could probably do a whole podcast just on attribution, <laughs> yes. but I think I think the bottom line is what we're saying here is just it comes with a warning label.
0: And as a marketer set expectations, you know, as I said, you know, that's the other thing to set expectations. Like, you know, if you're signing up with me to do marketing for you, don't call me in three weeks and say, hey, why is my phone not ringing? Because that's (laughs) not how it works. And it's my job to tell you that up front. So, you know, as vendors and as marketers, it's more important than ever, as these attribution conversations have become so much more dominant, that we provide realistic expectations of what we do. Yes. And, you know, sometimes that's hard because sometimes it's not what, you know, I, I just truly had... Three weeks ago, I had a client, you know, call in and was like, hey, man, I got an extra thousand dollars to spend. I got to sell some cars by the end of uh, by the end of November. I said, OK, sure. <laughs> like, Why not? I, I appreciate that and I appreciate you thinking of me, but realistically, no. Well, no, I not, not at that not point. It's
1: too late, right? For them to come yeah. back to you at that point in time, it's too late. And that's and that's kind of what we were talking earlier on is that you know a good partner or a good marketing department should be asking understanding what your goals and objectives are way in advance, and then approaching you with the audience that they believe is going to do it. But you you, you set the course and you follow the course, and you know right. you don't change it mid month just because you're not seeing you you're you're not seeing the deals come through. You know, right. I mean, you can make small modifications, but but yes, but but. If you take a strategic approach, and I think that's okay. if I, if it was to sum up our entire conversation today, it's like guys, just be strategic about everything right. you do. Be strategic about the audience you're targeting and the personalized message. Be strategic about you know your e-commerce data and how you're using it, and how how you're going to bring that in through you know into your automotive funnel. You know, be strategic you know about about your leads. All right. They're not all ready to buy. Only a small percentage of them are. And be strategic when it comes to attribution. All right. Don't go too far down the rabbit hole. But I think that kind of does sum up our entire thing. But before I let you go, uh, David, because I think we touched on a lot of stuff today. For everybody out there watching and listening right now that would love to maybe continue this conversation or parts of this conversation with you, uh, what would be the best way to connect with you?
0: Um, connecting with me on LinkedIn is always great. So it's uh it's LinkedIn, David did LinkedIn.com, David Lemon, I believe. So um, and I'm on there every day. I'm not as active as I used to be or should be, but yeah, please just look me up on there. Otherwise um, feel free to hit me up at, uh, at dealer Awesome.
1: Hey David, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks Jason thanks for tuning in to the strategy with jason podcast with your host jason harris don't want to miss new content be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know remember to like comment and subscribe happy podcasting